Welcome to DreamSpeak. Have you heard of big dreams? Normally, you forget your dream by the time you've turned on the coffee maker. But sometimes, you remember a dream for years. What makes the difference? Well, it's the importance of the dream's message. If there's something that could radically change your life for the better, at just the right moment, or at a moment that seems totally random, you're going to have a dream about that issue. A dream that grabs a hold of you, and it won't let you go. It stays nagging at the back of your mind. If only you can unlock it and live by its guidance. Everything in your life is going to be enhanced. The more I roll this episode's dream around in my head and dwell on the contrast between a strip mine and the planet Earth, the more I think this was a big message for me. A dream built to last. See what you think. Hi, dreamers. Thank you for learning with us today on DreamSpeak. I'm Rika. And I'm Thomas. And this is the podcast about dreams that teaches you a complete system to help you listen to your dreams and get the guidance they're providing you every day. A quick trigger warning before we get started. This dream includes sexual assault and murder. As all dreamers know, dreams don't just show us beautiful images. Dreams deal with real issues and life can get really real, really fast. So can our dreams. This is the glass office. So Thomas, you had a dream the other night that you wanted to share with us. It was an unusually vivid dream for me. And I also had to take note of the fact that it was a longer dream recording than what I normally make. That is a little flag that maybe there's deeper messages coming. The dream started when I had recently uh, been fired from a job and then I got a new job. I just remember being in this office environment where I was starting work. I just started within the last day or two. I really didn't know who my boss was or who I was supposed to directly report to. And I hadn't really received any kind of orientation. I was just supposed to work there, but I didn't know what to do really. There was another guy that I got hired with and this other guy gave off vibes that he was perhaps a bit irresponsible. He was very good looking and it made you kind of wonder if he was a guy that had traded on his looks a little bit, uh -huh. but he wasn't as good looking as he could have been because he was a little lazy. You know, his grooming wasn't completely perfect or however you want to think of it. You know, he looked just a tad sloppy, uh -huh. you know. And then there was a woman that worked in the office who I was going to for help, essentially. And her name was Maxine. I remember that. And she had been successful there for multiple years. And she obviously could have helped me, but she chose not to. She was callous. She was uncaring. And the dynamic emotionally that I could really pick up on is she functioned in the office place using condescension. Hmm. So she would belittle you and make you feel bad pretty much any time that you interacted with her just to kind of intimidate you. It was a dominance thing. Mm -hmm. That's how she, she worked was by dominating people psychologically. That sounds unpleasant. Yeah. Then there was a scene that came after that, which was in the same office place, but there was a very distinct shift because the office had been somewhere in the United States. And then all of a sudden, the same office was somewhere in another country. It was not anywhere near the United States. It was really far away. 
And there was a sensibility that there were other people working there, not necessarily a large number of people, but there had been a distinct shift. And it was interesting because it was kind of subtle, but I can feel the energy is different here. And what was happening was the guy that I got hired with in that new foreign office that was the same office that had just magically teleported was given a portfolio of responsibilities that included screening female models. And so he was in this glass office. So two glass curtain walls, no solid walls, just glass. And his work was to meet with these women who were obviously very made up and beautiful and they were dressed provocatively. And I'm not sure exactly what they were supposed to do for this company, but the company made money from their skills as models somehow. And so his responsibility was just to screen them a little bit, but he was sexually assaulting them Ooh. right there in that glass office. So he was goosing women and then another woman, he actually smelled her vagina. Oh, it was really emotionally gross. You know, it felt really yucky in the dream. And right after he did that, the woman took a screwdriver out of her dress and murdered him. Wow. Yeah, she drove it right through his skull. And I was just witnessing this and it wasn't that gory. It just, it was almost like a film at that point. It's like the dreamer's presence had backed off to where it was almost as if I wasn't there anymore. I was just an observer. And it was like in a film, the camera panned off of the violence and I just saw a blood splatter on the wall. And that was that. Then there was a separate scene that was related that it transitioned to right away where I wasn't, the dreamer wasn't present, but I was witnessing. And there was a big revelation that what was happening was the executives that ran this huge conglomerate that this company was just part of that hired the models, they made money hand over fist. There was footage of like commodity markets and prices and things like that. And I knew that these men, they were all men, were making a tremendous amount of money. But their trick was that they would hire people like my coworker to actually be incompetent in the context of their companies so that it would cause scandals in the international media. And then they could absorb the costs of any fines resulting from that, tens of thousands of dollars, a million here, a million there. And what they did was it was a PR strategy to distract everyone and think that the company was all mired in scandal when in fact they made almost all their money from mining and they were mm. very corrupt. And so they were making a tremendous amount of money, but by deeply unethical means and also in ways that are very environmentally harmful, but nobody was paying any attention. Ah, They kept them distracted at all times. Wow. That's a very complex dream. It is, but I think we're going to be able to get to the bottom of it. I think we'll just take on the aspects and the symbols to start with. Yeah, well, let's start with the aspects. So there's not actually that many. It was just me as the dreamer, then that woman that worked in my office that was actually succeeding but wouldn't help me, whose name was Maxine, and then my boss but in the sensibility that my boss was absent. Like, I don't know who this person was. I just know that I had a boss. Uh -huh. And then my coworker, the one that was kind of dissolute. Okay. Then my coworker was still there, but he took on this really horrible edge to him. 
and there was uh, the female models and they were just all strangers. You know, they were just kind of coming through that glass office. And then finally, at the end, the big reveal that the executives are basically pulling everybody's puppet strings. Right. Okay. And do you want to just list the symbols for now and then we'll get into the interpretation? That sounds great. So some of the symbols here are an office, a job, and the related concept of being fired, foreign country, screwdriver, murder or killing, blood, glass, okay. mining, and then the international news and scandals. Okay. Well, we're probably not going to get into all of those symbols because <laughs> that's uh, quite a long list, but we can maybe pick the most relevant ones for the stream. Sounds good. So maybe we'll start with some of the aspects. I think the coworker, since he's male, he's a part of my consciousness. And the qualities that I ascribed to this person were essentially that he was irresponsible and kind of lacking focus, but it's his looks, it doesn't symbolize actual looks. It's kind of like a tendency towards vanity or just wanting to be able to take the easier path in life. Hmm. And it was clear to me, even though we had just started the job, that things were not going to go well for him in the long term. How could you tell that? I could feel it emotionally. It was just an intuition that was given to me by using my emotions to react to this okay. aspect, the way I reacted to him. Mm -hmm. And it's important to keep in mind the subtext of creation because sexuality in a dream is just a symbol of how we create, create life experiences and create the things that make our life our life, mm -hmm. right? Creation is is one of the intrinsic intrinsic abilities that human beings have that separates us from other members of our, our family of animals in this world. It's one of the things that sets us apart. Mm -hmm. And it's important as a human being to use your creative abilities and you find through interpreting dreams that we do use them. And a lot of times when you need a message about what you're creating in your life, sexuality will be the vehicle for that message. And then you'll look at the qualities of that aspect that you're creating with and it helps you to figure out what you're actually creating in your life. And what I think we're going to find with this coworker aspect is first, he doesn't successfully create. He doesn't create out of love. I think we're going to find that the creation is bad, just mm -hmm. not a great dynamic inside me. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's the coworker. He's a part of my consciousness. But there's the the coworker that's more successful that's condescending and then also has this tendency to gaslight everyone. So, you know, I was just about to call this Maxine woman out on being so incredibly condescending and rude to new people in the office. And I knew right away from her reaction that she would just deny that she ever did any of that. And so that she's she's a subconscious aspect of you. Because she's a woman and I'm a man. Right. And does the name Maxine have any relevance to this dream? I think so, but it's really kind of weird, just like a lot of things in dreams. It's because we had just watched the Harry Potter movie with the, <laughs> the woman, like I think it's called the Goblet of Fire or something like that. And it's it's one of the professors that is like the leader of an entire wizarding school. Her name is Miss Maxine. Oh. And she was huge. She's very tall, gigantic. Oh, that. Yeah, I remember. 
But it's just so confusing because in the film, she's a really positive force. Mm -hmm. She's wholesomely mentoring all these young women in mm -hmm. this all female school. And she's obviously wise and, you know, she's powerful and whatever. This woman wasn't those things. Mm. So I don't know why. I, I know that the Maxine must come from that image in Harry Potter. Maybe we'll figure it out somehow. Yeah, we'll see. We are nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, we might circle back to that later. We'll see. But then we can talk about uh, my missing boss. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this, you never saw the boss? No, I knew they were kicking around the office somewhere, but I never saw them. And I didn't get my orientation, didn't get any, you know, understanding of my job description, right? It was a really bad position to leave a new employee in. And so what's interesting about a boss is they'll almost always represent a super conscious aspect. The reason that that's important is because it's a reflection of your attitude towards the divine. Now, my boss was so absent, I don't know what their gender was, but just generalizing about the fact that the superconscious is kind of our connection to divinity and the way that we receive messages about it is what are we thinking about the divine right now is I'm thinking like I'm kind of left to my own devices, right? Oh. I'm not giving the help and support that I need. I've got this job, which is about the productive use of the will. The symbol of a job is about using our will productively, which is another thing that's very characteristic of being a human being. It's important. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to have sources of motivation and be active in our lives to do things, right? So I had this context, this job in which I could apply my willpower, but I had just been fired from a job previously, which and it was for incompetence. I knew that. So that means somewhere in my life, there was kind of a misapplication of my willpower, uh -huh. if that makes sense. And and then I had recovered from that. I moved on to another context where I could use my will productively. But my feeling is at this time, I'm not getting the guidance and the support that I need. From the divine. Mm -hmm. From the divine. Exactly. Great way of putting it. And so that led me to a sense of confusion, right? And so this is telling me, like, even though I might suppress it consciously, there's some sense of confusion that I'm experiencing in my life at this time mm -hmm. as I try to do what I'm supposed to do, be productive, have a job, you know, right. be engaged in my life. Essentially. Uh -huh. I feel confused about what it is that I'm supposed to do. I don't feel like I have the support that I need. Okay. What about the mining executives? You want to talk about them? Sure. So they come at the very end of the dream, but you can always kind of tackle the dreams in the order that you want to, as long as you have sort of a awareness in the back of your mind of the the chronological order that things are happening in. The mining executives embody to me a deep kind of unacceptable level of greed. All they cared about was stockpiling wealth and maybe power, but they weren't famous or anything and they didn't want to be because they knew that they wouldn't be able to carry on extracting all of these natural resources and getting all this money. You know, so it really wasn't just, it wasn't even as much about power for them as it was about greed. And they were individuals that were willing to lie and cheat. Mm. No problem there, right? They were causing people to die with their, you know, irresponsible, constant causing of scandals and, you know, covering up corrupt mining bribes and all kinds of crazy things that they were doing. And that's really hard when you realize that this is actually a part of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When you're going through your dream and, and looking at that fact that everything, everyone in your dream is actually a part of you. And so what's going on with you? 
Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And it's kind of cool because right here, as we're making this podcast, I feel very little charge around this. And it just comes with long-term faith in the value of this practice. Mm -hmm. I know over years of doing this that by understanding my dreams and then taking action upon them, that it's made my life so much better mm -hmm. that I can look into these dark corners and not really be frightened. Yeah, that's a beautiful blessing that's come from our dream practice of doing this for so many years. You know, and as you've said before, dream work really is a shadow practice. It is, definitely. And what we mean by that is it brings parts of ourselves that are perhaps disowned to light. Mm -hmm. It helps us to really understand those parts of ourselves that are hidden. And that's really helpful. And there's not many practices that we've come across that make shadow work as accessible and doable as dream interpretation. Mm -hmm. And is accessible to us every day. Yeah. So the last aspect that I think is worth analyzing is those models. Mm -hmm. You know, they were essentially anonymous, but the emotional vibration that I got from watching through the glass office walls was that they were women without choice. They were women in a survival mode. It was a sad situation. Now, they didn't seem sad. They seemed relatively self-possessed. And then obviously that woman killed the guy. You know, she was not going to take that kind of abuse. You know, she was going to protect herself. So there's a strength there. But the thing is, they were not thriving. They were surviving. Yeah. And they Big were, difference. right. And they, they were people who had had difficult lives. And I believe I could feel that they had had lives of trauma. And that's going to become really important to understand in the meaning of this dream. Yeah, because those are subconscious parts of you. That's right. That were suppressed, but no longer. Mm -hmm. I understand this better now. So let's talk about some of the symbols as we continue to go through this dream. Sounds good. So we've spoken about jobs. We haven't really talked at all about countries because there is that really weird kind of uncanny shift from I'm in the office, we're in the United States, I'm in the same office, same room, but we're not in the United States anymore. We're in a foreign country. So countries or places are about our attitude. You know, we have a pervading attitude about certain countries or certain places, maybe that we've been or we haven't been and we have biases. And so we, that's something that we have to look at when something is happening in a new place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when it's a different country, not just like a different street or a different town. Mm -hmm. It's more all-pervading. And so this shift really emphasized to me that I was now in an environment where people were willing to be very ambitious, but also willing to be very corrupt. It's like a lot of things in that economy were done informally, and so bribery and things like that were rampant and in a lot of ways they were acceptable. Mm -hmm. And the executives were actually part of that country. And so uh. what it is, is an attitude that I have, right? An attitude that I can cheat the universe somehow and maybe get ahead, okay. right? <laughs> but you can't cheat the universe. And that's what these messages are so helpful with is realizing when you're trying to delude yourself like you can try lying to yourself, but you're not going to get anything. And so the the thing that was revealed here was basically that 
these parts of me, these executives, they think that they can take from the the earth, so to speak. And I think we'll discuss a bit more about that as a symbol. Yeah. We'll talk about mining, but I think actually I had a pretty neat insight into the, what the earth itself would symbolize. Oh. I think that's kind of a cool thing. I don't remember that ever being a symbol in my dream before, but I think it works well in this interpretation. So we'll get to that. But the extractive action of mining to me, and this is just a personal bias. So for anybody working in the mining industry out there that's listening, my apologies in advance. This is just a dream symbol. But for me, it really embodies the worst excesses of capitalism because on our human timescale, there's no undoing that. When you strip mine the top of a mountain, it's gone. Mm -hmm. It ain't coming back. It is completely destroyed. And those kinds of things obviously make our economy function and they also can help people survive and live. But I am one of those bleeding heart liberals that really holds the vision that it is entirely possible for us to live in a paradigm where we can meet our needs without an extractive economy. And so because I don't believe that that's necessary, watching these people pile up fluffy piles of billions from doing irreversible harm to the earth and having no care about it and covering it up in the worst way possible with all yeah. these manufactured scandals. Hi. These parts aren't of me are not very good, right? They're <laughs> really not good parts of me. Yeah. And so what we get um, from that symbol of uh, this ambition, but corruption is it's me playing tricks on myself, mm-hmm. right? It's me telling myself, well, if I just use and abuse myself, then I'll be able to have a better life. I'll be more successful. I'll get ahead. The thing that really sealed the deal on it is we looked in our dream dictionary for the universal meaning of mining. And we found that what mining means is essentially taking energy from your unconscious, that deep place in your mind that you're not even aware of, and bringing that to light. So it's possible, this is not a dream like this, but it's possible mining could be a good symbol for somebody mm-hmm. because you're making productive use of what was unconscious. Right. And that that can be really difficult to get at a lot of times. It is. And so I've got all of this functional mining going on. So I know that I am actually in touch with my unconscious, which is kind of cool, but I'm using this profound storehouse of energy for the wrong things. Uh-huh. And so I guess this is where we can bridge right into what the earth would symbolize and where this is supposed to be going. Yeah. So kind of, you know, looking at the end again, we'll go back to some of the smaller details and the, the people that we met along with the way in these three scenes. But the end of it culminates the meaning of this dream with the executives, the cover-ups, and the mining. What I see is, symbolically, I can imagine a way of life in which we can leave the environment healthy and we can thrive. Those two things are not, they are not contradictory in my mind, but in some part of my mind they are, right? Because my executives are just Mm -hmm. mining as much as they can. But I've had a long-term meditation practice and what I think this dream is trying to tell me is I've gotten into this mode but a more contemplative and present way of life would be a huge benefit. And the metaphor there is the mining would stop and I would just let a mountain be a mountain. It has its own intrinsic value and it feeds the entire ecosystem and it's just supposed to be the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Right, Breaking it down into its constituent parts because of narrow-mindedness 
is not the only way to relate to the environment mm -hmm. and relate to the earth. We can let that mountain be itself. What I intuit from that is a person who's living a very present and balanced life, they know the essence of that mountain and they can get at that unconscious material within their own unconscious without destroying. Mm. They don't have to lie. They don't have to cheat. They don't have to just try to squeeze, you know, every little bit of material value and materialism out of that part of their unconscious, right? They don't have to be driven by the whips of capitalism. You, you must have gotten these ideas from somewhere that that was how it's done, that that's how you achieve something. Like in my life, Ron. Yeah. I mean, that comes straight back to the way that I was fathered. My dad was a person who, like everybody, I believe was trying his best, but he was a very frightened individual. And the way that he kept out the dark was materialism. Uh -huh. How do I acquire more so that I can impress people, so that I'll have people around me, so that I'll have some form of, of love, which wasn't love, affirmation, empty praise, whatever you want to call it, it was necessary for his psychological survival. That's that kind of like raking in your unconscious mind and just exploiting it, you know? Whereas if you let a mountain be a mountain, you just are understanding yourself and that can bring forth tremendous power, mm -hmm. just like the earth. And so that's kind of what I think the earth symbolizes after analyzing this dream. I guess the earth is, it would exemplify me my whole self in a, a wholesome form, the best form of me, and the way that I'm intertwined with the world around me. Not just with other people, but with the energy of this entire plane of existence where I live. Uh huh. You know, it's like me and the Tao, you know, together, the way that it's supposed to be. And then, I mean, that's the way it is, right? Dreams are fascinating because they're really, in a lot of ways, they're comments on paradigms. It's about the way that we're looking at things and is that leading us to good places or not? And this is a bad way to look at things. <laughs> Unfortunately, I did learn this from my dad, but you know, I can't blame him. I take responsibility for the fact that I'm perpetuating these approaches and right. these mistaken beliefs. But you know, the stream is helping me see that this is a thing that I'm doing. And so then what I want to ask for and the kinds of dreams I want to incubate are dreams about how do I shut down this mining operation? Because what I realized in this dream is I thought the dream was about the lazy coworker and the sexual assault, which is obviously really awful. That's a good example of an uncanny symbol. It used emotions to grab my attention and make mm -hmm. me very concerned. And there's a concern there. So I needed to understand what it is, is an unhealthy dynamic between parts of my consciousness that are desperate to have ego-based gratification. They need other people to tell me that I'm okay, that I have value, that I've done something worthwhile, right? That's that desperation to create by any means necessary, mm -hmm. right? And then these poor women, what I realized is that those women are directly tied to childhood traumas that I have, mm -hmm. which unfortunately also relate to my father. And I won't get into that more now. I think we've maybe covered that in other episodes. Mm -hmm. I don't want to dwell on that, but it's important to understand that their emotional vibration is trauma from their life, essentially. Uh -huh. And I have trauma. Uh -huh. 
And so I'm still working on healing that. I've done a lot of healing. I probably wouldn't be able to have this dream otherwise. But the point is that on that level, I feed a really unhealthy cycle with myself. My consciousness is craving recognition and external sources of affirmation, uh-huh. which are essentially empty. Mm-hmm. They won't fulfill you or make you happy. And my, un- uh, my subconscious in these wounded places that are still healing is just in a survival mode. And that's why that part of me that just is thinking about, I'm not safe. You know, there's fundamentally unsafe things about my life and the things I'm experiencing. And what if I lost my home, you know, or what if I got in a car accident or whatever, you know, these kinds of anxieties. That's why that part of me killed the other part. And it actually, I forgot to talk about the screwdriver. The reason it's a screwdriver is because I've recently gotten more Handy, I guess. <laughs> Over the last couple of years, we got a little camper, and you know, I know how to fix a few things and a few yes, things around the house and fixed a faucet, you know. And it's just like a joke on myself that I got really good at using a screwdriver. <laughs> and so, the reason that this guy was murdered by my subconscious with the screwdriver is because it's this idea of toxic masculinity. Mm. right? It's this idea that like, if I don't do enough, then I'm not good enough. Or if I don't impress people, there's something wrong with me, Uh right? And so these two parts of me, they both have unmet needs, but they're focused on trying to achieve the wrong things, right? I am safe. Mm -hmm. That's just my trauma talking, right? And I don't need external affirmation. I know that it's empty, Mm -hmm. right? So it's showing you that there's this, this uh, thing going on within you, but and it happens all the time. Yeah, but that these mining executives actually sort of supersede. They're the stars of this dream, really. That's right. Yeah, it all comes down to the fact that they are the ones who are pulling all of the strings. There is the ones who are causing all of this scandal, and they're doing it deliberately. And so the ultimate message of this dream wasn't about a need to radically change my life and to create in a different way. It wasn't about a need to be more safe. It wasn't about radical changes in my life other than trying to get deeper within and understand how to be more at one with myself and how to get this mind to stop damaging my Earth, my my life, I guess, essentially, there's a link between all of these different aspects in the dream, and they're basically organized into levels. And so what it starts with is just this vulnerable, these vulnerable women, these women that are basically forced into sex work because they feel that they have no alternatives. Those vulnerable women are on the bottom of this hierarchy. And then the next level that we have is the corporation itself. And that corporation is exploiting these people, right? Which are traumatized parts of me. That corporation is like my more functional self that can function with these unhealed parts. And that's where we get Maxine. We still don't know what the Harry Potter connection is, whatever. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to let that go. <laughs> but this, this woman is, showing through her condescension, her intimidation, these negative qualities and the shutdown quality 
that she has something in common with the sex worker. She's basically willing to turn a blind eye because she knows she can be successful in this unhealthy environment if she's just willing to compromise ethically like that. Right. So that's showing me that I, I feel kind of driven by these wounded places in me to be like, my life is going well. Like, you know, why would I upset the apple cart? Let's just move on. Okay. You know, let's just let these unhealed parts stay unhealed. Right. Okay. Let's exploit them or whatever we have to do. And then the level beyond that is capitalism itself. Right. It, as a symbol, of course, not actual capitalism, but my associations there are what's key. And basically the idea is Capitalism runs on in this global economy without limits, and it is in sorely in need of limits. And when it is allowed to do what it's doing, then many people suffer in many ways, right? And at the bottom are these poor suffering women, and somebody's making money off of them, mm -hmm. right? And then above capitalism, symbolically, is materialism itself. So we're getting to really big material now, because I believe religiously or spiritually or however you want to think of it, that materialism and this material experience is temporary, that it's essentially empty, that life is not about material things and therefore it cannot be about acquisitiveness. Mm. That is not, it doesn't change anything. Mm -hmm. We only truly change things by gaining wisdom and by growing as people. Mm -hmm. And so the last level above all of those things at the level of the executives, the ones who have been doing all these bad things is a concept of greed, delusion, and hatred that's known in Buddhism as the three poisons. Yeah. And so this dream is ultimately about the three poisons. And it's trying to point out to me, you can stay on the level of the coworker and the wounded women, the unsafe women, and you can try to meet your needs that way. And you may be able to achieve somewhat more balance and heal some things. And it's not, it's something that could be worth doing. It's not without merit. Helping those parts of yourself could help you. They would help, it would help you. But much more important is to understand the truth that these deep rooted malignant tendencies that are not my problem specifically. This is about me and the things I can control, but it's a universal human problem, right? All human beings struggle with the three poisons. That was the whole reason that Buddha talked about them when he was alive. Mm -hmm. Everybody has acquisitive urges. Everybody has deep delusions that they're steeped in about the way that reality works and who we actually are. And everybody is tempted at different times and different moments in their life to hate. These are the things that are really driving this terrible kind of shell game that, you know, seems to be taking place in my life. And these, these impulses that we feel sometimes it, you know, everybody can identify with to, if I just change this, or if I just quit that, or if I just got a different job, or if I just picked up and move, like everything would get better for me. Mm -hmm. That's the coworker. Yeah. Right. And then the other impulse that we feel and everybody can relate to, I'm sure is, I'm not safe. Like, I don't have enough money. You know, something terrible could happen to me. Oh my God, you know, is that guy staring at me? You know, what's he going to do? It's dark, you know, that kind of thing. These feelings can be healed. They can be healed directly, but the deeper spiritual work will benefit me much more. Mm, that's very deep. It's a deep dream. Yeah. You did a great job figuring that out.
Thanks. It's very helpful guidance. It gives me the affirmation that I've been wanting that my spiritual practices help me more than anything else that I do. Basically. That needs to be your primary focus. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of cool. And it's a, it's a, almost like an adventure story or something that could be a script for a movie, you know, because it pulls back and then you're like, oh, you know, it's been these guys all along and look how terrible they are. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's going on, right? These smaller dramas within myself that I struggle with are really just because of this constant sort of self-exploitation that isn't even really necessary. Mm-hmm. If I can just let myself be who I am, then I can get more in the flow of the Tao and kind of be more at one with the earth instead of stealing her resources, so to speak, stealing my own resources, basically. And did you ask for this? Underlining mm-hmm. myself, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Were you asking if I incubated this? Yeah. Yes, I did. Actually, thank you for reminding me. I totally forgot because I was going through a dry spell and I kept wondering why I was going days without remembering a dream. And I knew there was deep material that wanted to be heard. And I just kept praying on it and setting stronger and stronger dream intentions mm-hmm. each night. And finally it was like, okay, you know, I got the courage to see this. And yeah, you know, when somebody in your dream gets killed with a screwdriver, that's not like the most fun dream. No. <laughs> no the whole dream did not seem very fun. It wasn't, but at least now I understand how to move forward. Yeah, that's wonderful. Great guidance for you. So we wanted to talk about our new form that we use to analyze the stream. We've been designing for a while now a template for learning how to interpret dreams. And while we don't really need anything concrete to aid us anymore, this was still actually really surprisingly powerful. We were creating this thing to help all of our listeners have a really great learning tool right in front of them and to be able to use it to give clear examples for people of how you can go step by step through a dream and unlock its meaning. But we've been testing the forum ourselves, and it's actually been teaching us new things. It really did help me. Yeah, it did. So what we, what we did was... We wrote down the directions first about a process that we would go through to interpret the dream. Just about how you remember a dream and then making sure that it's a message dream and some advice on how you can actually do that before you spend your time trying to get a symbolic interpretation out of something that might not be symbolic. And then a reminder to make a list of the aspects that were present in your dream, a list of the symbols that were present in your dream. And then advice about how to actually interpret and understand aspects, how to decide whether they're in your conscious mind or your subconscious. And when we got to the list of the symbols, we realized there were so many symbols in the stream. And then, you know, so we decided, let's just pick the most important ones and star those on on our Mm form. And that was helpful. It really did actually help a lot. So, you know, we just picked out the most important symbols, which were the ones that we dwelled on the most during this episode. And then writing it down actually really helped us see connections, especially the easy to miss connection between the oppressed women who are modeling and the mining executives. Mm -hmm. And that 
power imbalance turned out to be the key to me understanding this whole dream. Yeah. And if we hadn't written it down the way we had, it might have been more difficult to figure that out. I think so. And then, you know, there's a place here to consider a number of symbols and then um, a place to make notes about bringing the whole dream together. And that actually turned out to be very helpful for me as well, because I saw the levels of intertwining meaning. And that was how I actually wound up realizing that the earth was a very important symbol for me personally in this dream, which I don't remember if I've ever really had the earth as a symbol before, but that was really cool because it felt very grounding and very powerful to me. It's like I can feel an energy that was carried by that symbol that's motivating me to make changes in my life. Yeah. And so, of course, that is always the final step is what are you going to do with this information you've just received from your dream? Yeah. And the way that we wrote it on the form, not that this is the final version, but what we say about that on this template is... Make sure to be gentle and just select one simple thing that you can do today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Don't make it about a goal for the next 12 months. Yeah. Or I have to change my whole life right now. It's like, what what can I do right now to do something different based on what I've learned from my dream? And you know what? I've already done a couple of things. We went to a meditation or a contemplative group. And I have been really making sure that I hit my meditation time since I had this dream. And it's been helping. I can tell in subtle ways that it is actually making me feel more like the mountain and less like the strip mine. Mm-hmm. We also have a video that we've made. It's called How to Interpret a Dream in Five Minutes. And it basically goes over in brief, all these steps that are on our form. If you're curious about how to get started or you just want a little bit more structure around your dream interpretation, it's a great approachable method. Thank you all very much for joining us on DreamSpeak, and we look forward to learning with you more in another episode. You can find this podcast on all popular streaming services. Email us a dream today at contact at dreamspeak.us. Check out our YouTube channel for a free introductory dream course. Connect with DreamSpeak for even more learning. Our socials are in the description. Our theme music was composed by me, Ricka. This podcast does not constitute medical advice. If you have concerns about your well-being, talk to your doctor or a mental health professional.